What's up, guys? I am Caleb Giddings. I'm Keith. And I'm Jack. And Jack, for whatever reason, has decided he wants to backlight himself so that basically oh, all we can see on, is this just... monstrous outline of a bearded man. It looks like <laughs> it looks like Santa Claus it really, it is really is one of like redacted interviews. Santa Claus yeah. giants there. I need to get like, I need to get a ring light in here. You do. You, I mean, for the people that are watching this, I can show you the difference between when I have my ring light on, which I do right now. And when I have it off, <laughs> like, Caleb oh. just turns into his. I just whoosh. Oh, it's the Wraith version of Caleb, and he's back. <laughs> so anyway, uh, you guys had a great interview last week with Larry. Yeah, um, that the the listener response to that has been fantastic. And then last week, all three of us were at Shot Show, just sort of getting beaten down um, by well, Shot Show. Uh, you, and, you were physically chained to a booth. You couldn't leave. Like, I saw the manacle and the giant ball. It was it was honestly classic and terrifying. The The best part was, like, I would have people come by. Uh, and I would like to thank – so, and actually, I'll start it off like this. If you came by the booth and you wanted to say hi to me and I didn't say hi because I was, like, three deep with media people trying to hammer out all of their requests, I'm really sorry. Thank you for coming by. I super appreciated it. Uh, I appreciate everybody that did manage to say hi to me in between me saying, hi, I'm Caleb Giddings, and you're live at the Taurus USA booth checking out our SHOT Show 2023 new products. So Speaking of Taurus. Thank you for sponsoring this podcast and guns.com. What a good fucking, yeah. All right. So anyway, uh, SHOT Show was honestly great. I don't know about you guys, but uh, at least no, for, I had me, a pretty good show. for me I on had, the manufacturer I side, show. I had a really good show. We had a ton of media come through to look at the new products, ton of writers requests uh, and all of that. And it was just, it, honestly, it was a really good time, you know, and it wasn't uh, the worst show I've ever had. No, no, not even close to the worst show I've ever had. <laughs> uh, I know I can actually name the worst show I ever had, and I don't like to talk about it. It was so bad and so awkward. Um, but with that being said, uh, we are going to talk a little bit about SHOT Show. So obviously, like, there were... Okay, actually, I'm going to ask you guys. I'm going to kick this one to you because, as mentioned, I was chained to the floor. So I left the booth during show hours not counting the urinate uh three times two one of those was to go to a media appearance one was to go to lunch with a ad rep and the other one was on friday to walk around so i didn't see a ton of new products because when i was walking around i was basically going to my friends booths who were also chained to booths to say hi um so i <laughs> Like, I'm I, free. I'm free. I know it. It really be like that. <laughs> so I didn't see a lot of new stuff. Um, new stuff that hit my radar that I'm aware of. Uh, the Glock performance trigger, which some people really liked. The can someone who held it please tell me about the Holosun thermal sight? Like I heard so that, many people just fucking jerking actually, off about this. All right, Keith, tell me about that, it. I I ran over there and I met my buddy Adam and then their marketing guy Josh uh, there at the booth and I talked. Uh, how how busy you guys were with your launch? I don't know if it quite compares to how busy Josh, that poor man, was with that Hollow Sun launch because they gave him four science fiction sites that they made real, and they're like, "Here, talk about these." And I've never seen a more harried individual uh, because, like the uh, the thermal one has like digital eight x zoom. The night vision one, I think, does too. Uh, 
because they, they're using the camera version of all of this. And right. uh, they're really cool. <laughs> they're, they're stupidly cool. Okay, so is it the Holosun DRS thermal hybrid optic? Is that the thing? Yes. It's got the TH and then the NV. One's, one's uh, digital night vision like you see on, uh, you've seen on scopes past, and one's digital thermal. Is it really only that big? Yeah. yeah. Holy, I can see why everybody was going by, by, past this booth jerking off. Holy shit. Yeah, it's it's straight up like, oh, Mass Effect? That looked cool. We'll make that. Digital so, sniper optic? Cool. I'm not as blown away by it. No, um, it's, it's just micro-scaling technology we've had. And I just, Well, okay. But so they're, they're cool. Here's my thing with it. I think they're cool. I think... There's been a lot of talking for a while of like what is Holosun gonna do um beyond just like revolutionizing how we think about red dot optics, which hand to God, they do. Like I think they dollar to performance make the best optics out there. You can get better, you pay three times as much right. at minimum. This you start spending a lot of dollars for very little gain. Yeah, this, this thermal is talking, they're talking about $2,300 for a thermal rifle optic. There's yep. cheaper available. Yes, yeah, but probably not as nice. Uh, yeah, I've, I've held to... the SIG that goes for like $1,800, and I've, and I've touched this hollow sun. This is not a, like, I can't say this is a review. I have shot with the, the SIG, and it's pretty nice. Hello, son. Um, don't listen to Jack. Please still send us money and sponsor us. We no, love I, I'm, not, I'm not <laughs> saying it's a bad thing. I'm saying what it is. Send us to Josh when it posts. It's <laughs> far more interesting to say what is the civilian market caring about versus is this a game changer? As a guy mm. who, like, look, I have access to everything from overlaid thermals to quad tubes through a couple of connections. I've played with every high-end night vision and thermal device out there. This is not technology that blows my socks off. What it is, is filling a gap in the civilian demand market for cheaper and more accessible thermal and night vision. And that's cool. I, we, I also like how they integrate it into a regular optical site like the right. thing is still a regular dot and the 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 tech the the fact that it overlays and then you can use the digital portion or if you're done you can just click it real quick and then it's just a enclosed red dot site like if you're talking about the easiest way to go and slaughter hogs the hollow sun has come to the come to the market and said here you go yep so... is it the best no, and I don't think I think dollar price points are going to work out their own way. Um, I'm curious as to what this hits the market for. Fair. Uh, MSRP, it, they're listing their pro model, like their their beefed up better emitter model, is supposed to hit at 23 MSRP. Yeah, but we all we all know margins and market price do their own right. thing. So, so we'll see what it hits the market for. It's doing the right thing. People have been asking for cheaper ways to get into nighttime hunting, and Holosun has answered that call. Yeah, absolutely. So, mm -hmm. and I don't, and I don't think anybody. Well, I'm sure somebody thinks it's like going to be the best thing ever. What I thought 
what I think is probably impressive about it is the size, the the, the size to weight ratio and the co- and the price point that it comes in at because you can get bigger or you can get cheaper thermal, you can get them bigger as well. But I just think that for what it is and what they're asking for it, that's a pretty screaming good deal. Now, here's 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 another thing. It's going to hurt the hog population. And that that's honestly what it's there for is to cut into the hog pop. Here's what I'm gonna say, Hollison. If this is your first step, your next step needs to be what we already know that you have access to, what we already know you can do. I want to see a Holosun monocular, binocular, or digital NVG system. No joke. Uh, while we're doing this, I'm Googling uh, thermal monoculars and uh, NVGs because I should. I feel like I should get more. Um, right. And, uh, and here's the thing. Uh, if you give me a, a handheld thermal unit mm-hmm. that's sub three grand, that's worth a shit that sells all day long yeah absolutely we know that holosun is capable of producing night vision equipment now i want to see a helmet mounted system that's sub two thousand dollars sub two thousand dollars digital nvg or monocular one of the two Mm -hmm. um i like you can argue a lot about how digital night vision is not as good i agree it is not as good it is not <clears throat> it is not as good as true night vision technology. In fact, like I head to head, it's not even fair. It's like running a Miata against a Dodge Viper. However, that Miata is still better than walking around squinting. Yeah. Like <laughs> and and if you make it lightweight, accessible, give it good, good energy efficiency and a good refresh rate so the images are actually usable, which is one of the things on digital night vision that fails in the super cheap seats realm, which still isn't that cheap, but you get into the cheap seats of night vision and your refresh rate is garbage. It's like lagging with a a browser from 95. (laughs) Right. I was going to say it's like playing wing commander on a slow computer, but that's a reference that not a lot of people are going to get. How many floppy disks (laughs) was that on for you? Uh, So I, I didn't, so I had it on, the the load disk was was two disks that you could use to install the whole program, but because the computer I had was so old, I needed to use a boot disk like <laughs> to get it to run fast enough. You don't know what a fucking boot disk is? Ah, then I'm old. That's what it is. Funny, That's- funny story, kids. The save icon being a weird little disk shape is because those things were real. Also. <laughs> Do you guys, which reminds me, there was a, it was a couple of years ago, somebody like found a bunch of old three and a half discs and was like, I don't understand why they call these floppy discs because they're not floppy. And then, you know, one of us ancients was like, oh, my sweet summer child. Oh, but, but they were. There was a technology before this that would. <laughs> oh, man. I remember playing Oregon Trail on those. On the five and a uh-huh. quarters. Yeah. On the green screen, four and a half. In, yeah. Um, uh, I so think probably old. if you want to talk about like things that made a splash, Holosun made a splash. Yeah, mm-hmm. for sure. Gun wise, Keith wins. Keith called it going to be the year of odd calibers. He's 100% correct. Fucking Somebody knows something everywhere. about 5.7 that I don't. I would love to know what you guys know about 5.7 that I don't know. Like, like I, I want to know, and I'm actually going to jump and experiment with it because Smith and Wesson reached out to me through one of their reps and were like, hey, you want to run the M&P 5.7? And I look like, 
around. I don't have an M and P right now, so why not? Yeah, like okay. So, but I'm 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 actually with Jack on this one. Like, does somebody know something about five seven that I'm not aware of? Because I've, I've read OISs still... of five seven guys. I've I've seen it. It's not a great round. I still think it's just bougie 22 Magnum, man. So it's actually not as, okay, out of a rifle, out of a rifle length rifle, it's actually not as good as 22 Magnum. So because I have shot uh, coyotes with 22 Magnum, and a friend of mine who I trust very, very much has shot coyotes with 5.7, and we compared our experiences, and he's also shot them with 22 Magnum, and out of a rifle-length rifle, the 22 Magnum worked more better on coyotes than the 5.7. Now, I, I get it. A coyote is not a person. It's a 35 to 45-pound animal, but bullet do more killing than not 5.7. I don't – I need to know I've, what the I've fuck never... this is. Never heard of a fatal shooting involving five seven that was less than fifteen rounds. And here's a flip side to that: uh, legendary lawman Chuck Haggard shared an anecdote with me that every twenty two Magnum shooting he's responded to was a homicide. Right, like, look, somebody knows something. Either you guys found a bunch of five seven barrels somewhere and had to start like chopping these things up to make something happen. But no, or, why would there be M and P five seven barrels? That is a new I don't thing know. That they have I don't to make. What are we? <laughs> are we preparing for the Cylons? Week if yes, like please tell me what we're doing with these because I'm very I, confused. I, anyway, I guys, just, I just I'm had just to jump into the five seven game because a friend of mine he he texts me a picture of the new FN with the optic ready, and he's, and he's like, "Talk me out of this." And I'm like. It's your money. Do what you want to, man. And then, like, the next email I opened was <laughs> Smith & Wesson going, hey. And I'm like, well, this is what I get. <laughs> I have to suffer with the expensive 22 Magnum Ammo, too. Yeah. So uh, I'm uh, just really excited to announce our latest product launch at Taurus, which is the Raging Galactica. It's an 8.5-inch <laughs> revolver in 5.7 that uses moon clips. <laughs> I don't, I don't How know. many rounds of five it, it seven did you get this? It cylinder? better be like a Chiapa too. It better be bottom barrel. And you know, in a fucking in a no, raging... bottom and top barrel. I want double yeah. barrel. Simultaneous. Simultaneous. Do it once. Okay, so but in a <laughs> in a raging hunter-sized frame, I can squeeze I can squeeze seven rounds of 357, and there's a lot of like cylinder wall left. So I could probably get eight if I really wanted to, which means I bet we could get eight rounds of 5.7 in there really easily. Um, but why? <laughs> yeah, I don't know why. Fucking, that's my point. Why? What is going on with the 5.7? I mean, I held it, it's cool. Um, I actually did get to hold the the metal M and P, and I was like, "Ooh, this nice." Uh, okay, no, order no, no, the cord. Order the cord. It feels nice in the hand. To okay, sh- like, if I'm I were not go saying. I'm not saying that you're wrong to say it feels nice in the hand. It does. I've held it. What I am saying is the the oh a polymer gun. What if we make metal frame? Is is that, out of line. Is, out of, do you guys remember CCFI's frames? Now, there's yes. something to it. <laughs> so, because I remember the CCF race frames when they tried to do this with the Glock back in like 1998. Uh, 
And... I remember a dude who bragged like his practical tactical was a CCF race frame with a Glock 35 slide on it. Did it work? I don't. It was. It was the nineties. We didn't care if things worked back yeah, then. That's we true. we, we, we cared about how much shit you could say after my custom whatever. Yeah. It had to be the longest possible sentence you can imagine. Guys, okay. I, 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 yeah. Sorry, I'm, before I go <laughs> off on nineties gun culture. All right. So it was the year of weird calibers. What did anybody see? I'm trying to think. Help me out with some new with some new guns, right? Like I had my head so far at my ass with our own new product launches that I didn't, I wasn't, I I knew about the five seven MMP, which is a five seven MMP. Um, yep. Did anybody else launch anything new? Uh, IWI did their Carmel. Is it Carmel is or Carmel? Carmel. They're very insistent on that. Or if you uh, read my news newsletter on the day of the launch, uh, it was the camel. Nice. <laughs> well done. Okay, so is this just like we have a Masada at home? It really is the we have the uh, Magpul Masada at home, and oh yeah, we did it right. But also, it looks like we can, you know, you could actually buy it, unlike the Magpul Masada. Uh, oh yeah, <laughs> it's for sale, and it's for the price point that they originally said. Because you re you remember, I remember, we all remember the the grandiose video uh, from the Shot Show booth of them mm -hmm. showing off the Masada and then going, "It'll be this price, this many dollars," and then Bushmaster is like, now premiering it at way more than originally promised. Right, so many more dollars. It's in the Southern District of Israel, South of Massillon, Rock Below. It is located on the South Judea Desert. Um. Okay, Mount Carmel and Masada are nowhere near each other in Israel, by the way. I just looked just to see. <laughs> just I, I just, like, I was like, is, I as for a minute, I thought those clever little guys at IWI might have been having a little bit of funsies with us, and the, like Mount Carmel is located near where Masada is, but they're not. They're on kind of the opposite uh, end. The, the, the story behind this U.S. launch is, is pretty wild because they, they've been trying to get it here for years, mm -hmm. and the ATF, as ATF do, is like, ha-ha, no. And so eventually they they took the screw it, we'll do it live option option and built it here uh, with several redesign factors, which is also funny because the purists, the clone, the cloners who never had any access to this firearm at all. So I don't know why they're cloning it um, are kind of mad that they don't have some of the original features. And one of the, like some of the original features are actively bad because they're from 2007 and we know better. Right. <laughs> uh, one, one of the big ones was the quick change barrel system. They got rid of it. Why? Cause quick change barrels are dumb. Quick change barrels are dumb. Uh, all right, hang on, guys. So uh, as as I'm running down this uh, Masada Carmel connection, there is a city of Carmel in Israel, uh, which is like Caramel, fancy thirty six miles from Masada. Coincidence. No, I I, no. I don't think so. That's fantastic. I love I love stuff like that. Actually, I mean, because that's like, hey, you guys want to name your rifle after a his after a piece of Jewish history? We're really Jews, and then <laughs> do the thing. Good job, IWI. That 
Bravo. 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 I'm very pleased with this. Um, the rifle looks cool, you know, just from looking it at is. pictures of it. It looks it's, cool. It's the thing is, like, I, I hear that's what they're going to use to replace the Tavor in Israeli military service. <laughs> they're, uh, the, the guys who brought this out really felt like they brought it out a little too late to the party. And I'm like, guys, there's one critical thing you're forgetting about the thing you brought to the party. And that's that it's like half the fucking price of everybody else's. Right. <laughs> and important literally note. everything. Like, there's not a feature on that gun that the other guns don't have or that you would want to add to the guns. And they have it. And they're just like, yeah, it costs this much. $17.99. Okay. <laughs> Um, all right, so we had the 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 Carmel, which I have a fun uh, Carmel Carmel story. So there's a Carmel, California, and there's also a town called Carmel, Indiana. And believe me, it is pronounced Carmel. And many many well, that ago, is was, very Midwest. I, I was oh yeah, many many <laughs> moons ago, I was working the front desk of a hotel, you know, in Indianapolis, and this lovely young lady from Southern California checked in and asked me for directions to Carmel, Indiana, and I said, oh ma'am. You're with the corn people now. It's Carmel up here. And she had a good <laughs> laugh about that. I don't know why that's a memory that stuck with me. But also referring to Indianans as corn people is 100% accurate. And I refuse to uh, apologize. No, what should you? No, no. You, you, uh, you get there from Michigan. The trees thin out and there's only one plant left. Yeah, yeah. And, and with the occasional <laughs> bit of soy. But, you know, it is nicer to know that everybody from Indiana and Michigan hates Ohio because Ohio is where God sends people to suffer. Like, oh, so anyway. <laughs> Moving on from uh, how much Ohio sucks back to shot show. So we had the Carmel, we had the Glock uh, trigger. I would be very interested to tear one of those Glock triggers apart and see how much of a similarity it bears to other aftermarket triggers, because I assume it's the same as one of them. But like when, you, when you really get into it, there's a certain way all those parts work and yeah. there's not too much variation you can do on that. So yeah uh let's talk before we pivot to our last subject about the shot show event so i was supposed to go to one of the events and i decided that i wanted to sleep instead so i didn't go that was the event that you guys invited me to uh, i heard it was lit and that jack was out until like four in the morning so no 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 jack was out till five thirty after everything was said and done <laughs> I remember because I saw your Facebook post at 7.30 in the morning and it was timestamped from two hours before I saw it. I was like, oh, Jesus, God in heaven. I am so glad I didn't do that. Um, and then did you guys go to the cry party, which I did not go to? I did not go to the cry party this year. Made me make really sad when I learned what the theme was. Mm -hmm. uh, it looked like an absolute blast. They always kill it. Um <laughs> yeah, the 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 hug I shrunk the party, all the games and everything, turbo size, like they that looked a lot of fun, and I was I was very disappointed. <laughs> I had the the a moment where I was watching some videos from the party, and I kind of sat there and I went, "Is this for me anymore, or is this for younger people now?" I so honestly, I kind of looked at that one. I was like, "This is this looks more fun than previous years mm. where." This looks like, where where really the options were drink and drink like that's, right. that's really all you can do at that event and this one they there was a lot more interactivity there was more thing this is not to say that if you that the other years were boring I had a great time at them but 
it's I, I always talk about how cry is the party that's being thrown that the people showing up for it for the most part don't know how to go to it is for those who've never been to it it's a huge rave-like atmosphere a lot of the time you'll have dancing girls you'll have djs lasers there's races going on and then you cram like three thousand people in that and 1800 of them is like i like guns <laughs> it's like bro come on we're having a great time there's music right. no <laughs> one's dancing it's so weird to me to be at a party like that and see no one having like a good time <laughs> Okay, so there was another party that same night that I uh, made an appearance at, and I do mean I made an appearance because um, for those for those that don't know, I didn't drink most of Shot Show. I, I finally broke my my not drinking on uh, Thursday and Friday nights, where I had like a combined total of four drinks across two nights. People who have known me from previous Shot Shows are shocked. That's normally what I would drink for breakfast. So um, <laughs> I might have had a small problem, guys. Uh, but anyway. So the the party on Wednesday night that I went to instead of the cry party, I won't say who who hosted the party because it wasn't it's not like it's sometimes but very rarely is it the party organizers fault that their party turns out lame and it's rather the people that showed up for the party that make it lame. And so I walked in and I enjoyed the whole process of getting in. It was kind of like this, like, you know, give the secret passcode to this guy da 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 it was very fun and i get in and i go to the party and every single person there is like already clumped off the way it was laid out was like there were booths and they it was really easy to like form clumps of people in these booths that wouldn't promote intermingling between said people there was a dj he was spitting fire like when i showed up he was playing holla back girls so i expected there to be a bunch of white women on the dance floor there were two girls on the dance floor two all right that's fucking holla back girls get out there and shake your white asses ladies that is what that is your song god damn it so i i legit i did a lap i didn't see anybody that i would have wanted to talk to if i was drunk much less if i was sober so i was like and bye bye so i left and it was a bummer because i was like this could have been a cool party now do i think that if i'd had like uh six gin and tonics i would have made it a cool party all by myself yes but (laughs) you know no it was interesting because i didn't go to cry this year um there's some and uh i i did feel like so to to bring it to our last part of shot show is what did you guys feel like the vibe was like at the show because i felt like it was a very chaotic up and down vibe like lots so so like i i got told that they were back to like pre-2020 attendance levels i don't know if that's true it did not ever feel that way. i would believe that it is um there are less booths this year. I don't think that's a problem. Um, oh, did you guys go to the Caesars Forum thing? No, no, yeah. I don't, I I don't cross that bridge. I did. Um, so they said that they had 52,000 industry, over 52,000 attendees this year, which is definitely back to pre-pandemic levels. I'm looking at the NSSF press release. Okay. Uh, if, if they say they did, like, it's got to be in that ballpark. Right. Yeah. So, uh, 
I because I felt like a lot of people were really excited to be back at the show, right? Like yes. That that's what this show felt like is everyone like there wasn't a lot new. It was again mm. the year of weird calibers or a couple of cool things that came out in optics, in in rifles. Everyone was building a bolt gun or a lever gun now because you know we built ARs for 15 years. Right. Um, bored of them. Yeah. And so you're you're coming into a couple of new things, but that wasn't the vibe. This wasn't a new product vibe. This was a, we're back, guys. I can go, like, talk to the people I haven't been able to see in two or three right. years. Well, spit on a stripper. Don't spit on strippers. It's really, Don't. I will say there was, there was a huge thing that we noticed, which was we went to Circle Bar as a group. Um, and, we, you know, we found a spot. We settled in. And I did this. I recognize 20% of the people here, which before, if I was at Circle Bar, I would recognize 100% of the people there. I would recognize, yeah. uh, you know, the worst day I ever did at Circle Bar, I was probably like, oh, I think I only know about 80% of these people. They were, it, it, there's a whole new group of people who have either worked their butt off and gotten promoted up to where they're going to SHOT Show now, or have come into the industry to replace people who have left. Um, so it's a younger looking crowd. It is. Uh, it is a younger looking crowd. The, other, the other vibe I picked up, well, I mean, one was, so for me, this was my, I, I mentioned this several times. It was my first shot since 2019. And it was interesting to see that the industry has gotten much. I felt like the, in, like in general, the crowd was younger, uh, at the show, um, I didn't see anybody with an RSR cart, so I think that RSR has finally heard our uh, our, our, our incoherent ramblings. I, and I, I saw one. I saw one guy with them. I think Sarmalex has taken over with their like super lightweight tote bags, and they're just like, "This is so much better, and people don't hate you." This oh yeah, is so much better, and people don't hate you. Um, <laughs> the other, now the vibe I caught kind of from an industry standpoint was uncertainty, right? So like we all know that. So everybody pretty much thinks it's going to be a slow sales year. You know, uh, that's kind of where we're all hedging our bets right now is that we're definitely not going to be anywhere near we were in 20 in 2020 or 2021. And we're all kind of hoping that we're not lower than 2022 mm -hmm. um, in terms of overall sales. So there was a lot of like, well, let's see how Q1 goes kind of conversations floating around the industry uh, this year, which I thought was interesting from an industry that in the past has been extremely unlikely to display caution. It's, it's interesting to see everybody going, hang on, hang on, hang on. We have a lot of inventory sitting around right now that we need to shift. <laughs> all of it's five, seven, two. Yeah. It's all five. <laughs> it's why? All five, seven, why? <laughs> Somebody explained the five, seven to me. Well, okay. So they're going to, they're going to pump the market full of five, seven guns. Right. And then Everybody will be focused on getting five seven ammo, and nine mil and five five six will finally be able to equalize a little bit. <laughs> like, oh I god, it's a, a brilliant Thank pump you. and dump Thank scheme. You, five, it, seven, that's Martin. what it is. It's got to be a pump and dump because so, nothing else makes sense. So, did anybody hear any news regulatory wise while we were at Shot Show? Anything new come out? So that was going to be the the last thing that we talked about because I think that actually did affect the mood of the show was the there were a few of them not many not as many as i expected but there were a few 
uh, pistols formally wearing braces. <laughs> I so I walk by a booth that is a company that makes a brace. I don't want to say the name. And when I walked by, there was a guy attaching the brace to his forearm. And all I can think is, my brother in Christ, if we're not shouldering them now, when was the time? Yeah, exactly. What are you waiting for? So, all right. Uh, someone who cares, because I'm going to be very honest and say that's not me. Um, I do not have, I, I do not currently own any braced guns. I have uh, one registered SBR, which I like very yeah, much. Yeah, very nice phrasing there. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> God damn it, Jack. First of all, lower your goddamn voice. <laughs> Secondly, uh, so I have no, um, so yeah, so I don't, I'm, I'm not heavily invested in this conversation and I never really have been. Uh, let's see, what is this? Let's, let's take it back to when the brace was first introduced. All right. Re- recap. Way back machine. So 2013, 2014, no, so, 2000. somewhere around that, a, a dude who's shooting with his buddy, um, disabled vet makes this brace so his buddy can actually shoot the goofy AR pistol of the day. And it's like this rubber thing that sticks on the back. And we're like, cool. And then SIG originally picks it up and these things explode for a very obvious reason. They do look a, like a shoulder thing that goes up. <laughs> they <laughs> kind of do, actually. They've, they they like start to look more and more like them. <laughs> yep. And, and then that, that crept and that crept and that crept. And the ATF kept going like, we see what we're doing. And the industry is quite like, we're not doing anything. <laughs> what, what could you possibly mean? So we've, we've had this kind of, you know, wink and a nod to the SBR thing, not being an SBR thing, being a handgun thing. All of which was the ATFs and their tech divisions doing. Like we we didn't make it up and and right. and say yes. Like we built the thing, they said the thing about the thing, and then we just kind of rolled with it from there. Uh all this chaos is on them, and they just keep being like, Could we make this easier? Why, yes, we could. We could drastically simplify the NFA. No, we're not gonna do that. Yeah. Uh more complexity, please. And grenade. And could we, make, uh, could we make this easier? Yeah, take SBRs off the NFA. How about that? Because it's fucking yeah, just, stupid. Just make a just make a title one like a handgun. I'm Done. not. <laughs> I shouldn't be punished because John Dillinger shot a bunch of people. All right, like I I really need to make this clear that it was so long ago. Like, I, like look, and you know, uh, all gun laws are infringements and all of that. Hey, he said genuflecting before the cross, but like, okay. You could make a semi-reasonable case that machine guns should have, like, slightly extra restrictions if you're not, like, into the whole, like, you know, whatever. Okay? Fine. I will concede that. There is absolutely no fucking reason that short-barreled rifles and short-barreled shotguns and pistols with vertical foregrips should be on the NFA. But they're there because John Dillinger shot a bunch of fucking people, and now we have all the gun laws. Like, that's- those guns. I want to point out that John Dillinger at no point used a short-barreled rifle. 
No, nope. technically the Thompson would have qualified as an. That's SDR. a submachine gun. Yeah, fair. Uh, like, I'm to think of, Tom like Dillinger rode around with a submachine gun. gun. <laughs> I, he did have a couple of short barreled shotguns. I'll I'll concede that point. But his one rifle in its collection was a 35 Remington that had a 16 inch barrel. It was a yeah. carbine. Bonnie and Clyde did not have any short barreled rifles either. They had nope, nope. the closest the closest they had was the you know, monster. You know who had short barreled rifles? That the, the the reason why it's on the NFA poachers. Poachers had short barreled rifles because they were easy to conceal going in and out of people's property. Hmm. The yeah, NFA is very they attached it to the 1920s gangsters because it was an easy way to stir up public panic. Hey, what do we know about that? But there's so much mm-hmm. on there. Suppressors shouldn't be on there. Short road rifles shouldn't be on there. And the one thing that we've almost gone to the Supreme Court about, but didn't. Well, it, it went there. They gave an opinion. Were short barreled shotguns, which they say in no way, shape, or form had any place in a militia. Now, now I'm I'm dead serious. I look. No, this I know. Up. I, I'm familiar with the case. Nowadays, I would guarantee you that short barreled shotguns have a place in in the militia because it's about opening doors. Right now, preacher. M26. I don't want to. I don't want to like hammer people about the Second Amendment. There was a really great book re- written recently by Larry Correa. You should go we read talked that. about. Uh huh. What I will say is, I've read this whole document four times now. I've read what legal people believe about it, and I would be very careful taking advice from lawyers that you do not pay. Or people on the internet, which also includes us. Like, right. I'm not going to, I'm not going to tell anybody what to do. No. Nope. Like there's nothing for me. I'm not going to tell you what I'm going to do because I don't want to influence your decision making by being a jerk off on the internet. Or put there, it out in a publicly discoverable forum, you know, that yeah, either. How I how, that's how I roll. But here's <laughs> what I'm going to tell you. Here's my analogy evidence. for for this situation. The ATF got up today put on a Serpa holster and wrote this thing. And what it is, is a 1911 commander with the safety off, which they then holstered up in that Serpa holster because man, are they about to text Grebner themselves? Shout out old school reference (laughs) guys. This thing is going to go to court. It's going to get shaken out and it's going to take seven years before we see the end of it. Oh, and, and here's, and here's the other thing about it. That's not their 1911 cocked and locked with the safety off. That's not theirs. That's just the one they were handed. They don't care about it. Right. Not at they, all. They wrote an opinion on it. Their opinion is full of falsehoods. They believe 1.4 million people will be affected by this. That is blatantly untrue. It, it's between 10 and 40 million, but their, so official, sh- their official position is 1.4. <laughs> Their belief is super owners make up the vast majority of people owning these things. And oh, the so they think that like a million people own 40 of these each. Yes. Yeah. Guys, I, I promise you, I sold these things. I sold AR pistols to grandmothers. For yeah, sold, I have dude, I sold AR pistols to I sold AR pistols and AK pistols to everybody. Uh I like I Oh, think- that's the other thing. Certain guns on this thing can't even be saved. 
Yeah, I saw that. Okay, so I saw that 922R thing, which I'm not sure if that's an accurate interpretation of 922R because not a lawyer. Uh, yeah. But what they're saying basically is if you had a gun that was a pistol, but it was assembled with a pistol brace on it and then imported in a non-922R compliant otherwise configuration, taking the brace off, doesn't actually make it legal because it was already assembled as a rifle. So if you have one of these guns that would meet the determination of being a rifle with a brace on it, you can't just debrace it if it's one of the foreign manufacturers, right? right. If you have a that, domestically that manufactured R arc and then the 88 day arc because there, there's the 88 day arc where like 2.2% of all background checks get lost in the sauce. And after 88 days, there's no determination. And that can re result in a form one kickback as like denied because it timed out. And that, ha ha, now, now you're a felon because the 120 day window is closed. These, though, that. The question of like what the configuration. Are, that's massive speculation above my head. I, I have questions I about like way. what. They haven't really explained this, and if somebody knows where they've explained it, can show it to me. What configuration does the gun need to be in while it's waiting for the form? Because technically, once this thing hits federal registry, which it hasn't yet, it was once... signed yesterday, though, or Monday. Okay, so it may it may be hitting soon as I, when I this have, comes out. I've heard I have heard that it might hit Thursday, which will be three you know three days before this airs. Technically, so... once that happens. A stock on it is the same thing as the brace on it. Right, because then yep. at that point, it's already a felony. So, again, I'm not going to say what you should. I, I, I'm absolutely not going to say what I think you should or shouldn't do. Because, to Jack's point, this issue is actually the way it's written. Because I've read it. I've only read it once. But the way it's written is unbelievably uh, – it's so complex and it's and vague and vague and self-contradictory in a couple of places. Yes. So, you know, like let's say I had a brace sitting in my closet and I put it on a 16-inch gun and then I took that apart and just sent them a picture of the braced lower receiver and then registered that as a free basically to get myself a free SBR lower. Can I do that? I mean, it doesn't say I, I, can't. I don't I don't know if it's within the rule spec because nobody knows like the full spectrum of the rule spec. What I can estimate though is your chances of just having them stamp that and now it's stamped and in the NFA registry and you're good to go are really, really high. Yeah. Or I mean but, shit, if I wanted to make it like, you know, legit, I could take the upper off my registered SBR put it on my non-SBR lower and put the brace on, take a picture of that shit, send it in, and now this is my attempted, you know, hoodly-hoo. This is my attempted Form 1. And if it gets kicked back, no problem. I just put my legal upper back on and put a stock back on, and now it's a 16-inch gun, and you get the fuck out of my face. Like, so actually, here's what I am going to say that you guys should do. That, all right? If you have legal 16-inch uppers and you have braced lowers and you have short-barreled lowers, I want you to put your short-barreled uppers, I want you to put your short-barreled lower, or fuck, your short-barreled upper on every single lower that you have that has a brace on it and try to get those registered. 
so that and then if they get kicked back you just turn them back into 16 inch rifles that's what you should do fuck the man free sbrs um i i'm kind i'm kind of in the let's overload the system and show them how much of a bad idea this was and break their computers in it <laughs> oh i i i can appreciate that effort because i'm i'm in the i'm in the category of i have a few brace pistols I've always wanted to turn them into SBRs. I've just never gotten around to it. It's never been a high enough priority. Right. And now they don't want $200 from me. So I will say if your fear is ending up on a list, you weren't trying hard enough to be in with. Uh, also, if yeah. your fear is ending up on a list, you're probably on it already. Like uh, there, there are a lot uh, of lists. Guys. Absolutely. <laughs> none, none of us are lawyers. I want to caveat yeah, this. Again. Yeah, I didn't <laughs> cap this with, None of us are lawyers. None of us can offer you sound legal advice. If you like legal advice, you should find a lawyer and pay them money. Like because real American some money. If some shit goes sideways, it's you and a lawyer in that shit together, not just you. Mm -hmm. Um I do have one other recommendation too. And I think this is actually probably like the, the chattiest Sigma recommendation of them all, uh, which is uh, ignore braces or stocks return to tradition and shooting SAS style pressed out against the sling with stock return to pistols. sling press. Yes. That's engine method. Yes. I want everybody <laughs> shooting their guns like they're Charlie fucking Sheen in Navy seals pressed out against the sling. Six days for life. <laughs> God. I came was... in through a skylight yeah. and you encountered a hostile. I vaporized hostile, sir. <laughs> <laughs> Get everything uh, from the room, everything but the onions. That is, that's the best. Uh, I have it uh, on direct authority from former members of Naval Special Warfare that that's the best Navy SEAL movie ever made. I, <laughs> I, I, how is that even arguable? Uh, in fact, in I have a. Direct quote from a mutual friend of ours that Charlie Sheen waking up completely drunk on a beach and no idea what's going on is a hot, it's 10 out of 10 accuracy. Like, <laughs> so, you know, uh, press about against the slings, boys. Fucking do it old school. Do it, do it Charlie Sheen style. Return to sling tension. Reject all modernity. I'm actually kind of into that. I'm actually looking at like, the Zenith MP5 knockoff without a brace on it because it's got the sling swivel right on the back, and I'm just like, click your click my fucking mag pull into that. That's well, you gotta have the three point sling for it. Oh, yeah. you do. Those sling point three point slings were fire. Oh man, the MP5Ks on like the suit jacket slings under your fucking coat. Yeah, the little. <laughs> Give me that lethal weapon two vibe. All right, guys, so uh, hang on. Let's sum up this episode. The brace rule is stupid, and nobody knows what the fuck any of it actually means or how it's going to be implemented in the real world. Uh, SHOT Show was interesting. <laughs> it, it's it's not well. That's all yeah. we know. Is this is yeah. not going to go well. SHOT Show was a good time. I really do actually think SHOT Show was a good time. Um, mm. I had a blast. I know lots of other people had a blast. And again, it was great seeing everybody. And uh, that's it for this week. Jack slowly slid off camera, so we're just going to end the episode right there. See you next week, guys.